You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host, back with another episode down at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame today in their wonderful theater room with Sabib Khalidi to talk about, I mean everything that you do a lot of people probably now just think that you sell kias right and cars but they've seen you around they know your voice um they've heard the the weird beards funny stories on the radio which i think are brilliant uh, and all that other good stuff but there's a lot more to your story than just selling cars so you know we chatted when, when when i reached out you know you went you grew up in you you we were in luton we talked about you know eating indian food and just kind of how much you miss indian food and and that uk kind of culture but go back to the start where were you born and raised um born in beirut lebanon okay so when you so when you're in born in beirut in lebanon how long are you there before you kind of you know go to high school like well, what's kind of that transition to ended up in the uk Yes, I left uh, age 17, mm-hmm. and I came to America. Okay, so at 17, uh, well, I mean, back up, what was high school like in, in Beirut? In um, I, I went to um, a private Christian school. Okay. So um, um, it's it's pretty similar to what we have here in America as high okay. school. Okay, yeah. And so it wasn't as big, I guess, of a cultural difference when you went to the UK. That's correct. Okay, so when, at that point in your time, you're 17, you leave... Do you have a scholarship? Do you have a university to go to in the UK? Do you kind of, at that time, do you know what your career path is going to be? Um, no, I did have a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I, um, I played soccer. Okay. And I went to uh, um, schools here as an exchange student in the US. Yeah, yeah. And as I finished, um, and that's where my career went, ended me in, in the UK for medical school. Okay, where does, I guess, where's the love of soccer come from or football for us? Um, it's um, it's a cheap sport back home yeah. where you just go on the street or grab a road yeah, yeah, and play yeah. soccer and kind of build back up. And that's how it came back up. Yeah, I do miss that. That's the yeah. one thing that, you know, like the soccer culture or football for us, right? Soccer culture here is not the same as what it is. Even the atmosphere, when you go to games, right? Like that's one thing I definitely miss from kind of the UK and European culture is just the atmosphere of soccer games. Yes. You can't replicate that here. It's huge. You know? It's it's pretty similar to the football here. Yeah. You know, the, the amount of traction they get and the attention. Soccer is the same. I can be watching TV and notice myself scrolling around the, the, the channel yeah. and see a soccer game and just attach and watch the whole game. Yeah. What position were you when you played? I played all of them. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, you just wanted to play? Yes. Okay. So, so at that point then... You just mentioned you came to the States first before you went to the, the UK. So you yes. came as an exchange student here. Where in the States did you go? Um, first, for a short period, I, I ended up in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. Augustana College. Glamorous. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. And when the snow came, it was really hard. You yeah. know, when you have 12 feet of snow the yeah. first year, it was really tough. Sounds awful to me. Yes. Yeah. Then I ended up tra- transferring to uh, Central State and Oklahoma Christian. Okay. Yeah. To Oklahoma. And then, so that, so that's when, then, that's your transition then to Oklahoma. Correct. 
how do you kind of do you leave like the where does the Luton part come in then? well um, I when I came intentionally to the US uh-huh. I, I was hoping to attend medical school okay so the goal was as a career future career college education was sure. uh, something was you know pre-med or uh, Bachelor of Science in Chemistry mm-hmm. yeah. or Science and then go to medical school. Okay. So that was the original intention was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but instead of staying here, you went back to the UK. Correct. And and scholarship and just kind of there was an opportunity in the UK, let's go. No, no scholarship. It was, um, it, um, I, I, I came to Oklahoma and finished my schooling and I gotten to support. I was self-support. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any funds available yeah. for me, for my family. So I had to work odd jobs such as like Walmart yeah. and uh, Sam's Wholesale Club and a, and a gas station and a pizza place. So I worked at jobs as part-timers yeah. to be able to put myself through full-time through school. And in the meantime, when I finished, graduated, I, um, I started my, what I did, on the side, buying and selling cars as well. Okay. That helped me kind of increase my cash flow. Yeah. And saved up some money, saved up $20,000, started the first car lot. And um, seven years later, we sell to Smickler Chevrolet as part of the Bob Moore wow, Group okay. for a lot of money. Yeah. Yes. So you've always kind of had that like, uh, that entrepreneurial thing because it didn't necessarily come just because you had wanted to it came from a real need you needed to do these odd jobs to put yourself through college yes um it's it's a hunger yeah uh, not only not only first of all i was getting paid only 335 that was a, the minimum wage at that time yeah. so it's not a whole lot of money kind of pushed me out of my comfort box to buy and co- sell a right. car yeah. to make the extra few hundred dollars on the side because it was needed for me to send back home gotcha. to my family okay. so i was i was um i was literally sending about 2 to 300 dollars a month back home yeah. and that's what it took to support my family back home yeah a lot of people don't realize that stuff right they don't realize that like you know you know it might might look like you know you're working you're doing odd jobs you're raising money for yourself they probably had no idea you were sending it home to family yeah they had no idea and they don't understand it yeah. even if you explain it most people don't understand it um, unfortunately we you know I didn't come back from the background where uh-huh. most people here had so um, um, I grew up in a war and I knew I knew how bad my family situation was and it was needed for me to to do what I needed to do and do it right so I did but the great thing about it is there's always negatives and positives. Of course. I've, I've gained a lot of knowledge from it. Uh-huh. And, and to be an entrepreneur, even on a smaller scale, you've always have to do the right thing and, and make people yeah. happy. And so I, I bought, I bought what, what I thought it was quality car at that time, affordable. Yeah. I still invested money in it out of my own pocket, changing oil and putting yeah. new battery and tires. Rehabbed an older, dependable car and I was mm-hmm. able to sell for a little profit. Yeah. And that's kept me going. Well, I gained a lot of knowledge. It puts me in a car dealership. Yeah. Few years later, I sold it for a lot of money and I became a multimillionaire successful at age 27. Yeah. I, well, there's one thing that I keep telling people and it only... It, People back home and immigrants definitely get this. People here forget it all the time. It's that the American dream is still alive. You know, your example, you're a perfect example of that, right? Coming here, putting yourself through college, you know, working hard at it. And that's one lesson that, that comes through this podcast on a, on, a, on a weekly basis is that by working hard, you can achieve anything you want out in this country compared to growing up where you did in, in, in Beirut, whereas you know, the situation's not what it is here. And no matter how hard you work, it's a lot harder to do, you know, you might not even even been able, been able to do what you've done here in back home, right? 
Yes, so much true to this. I mean, America is definitely an easier country to be able to be successful. Uh-huh. I think success is measured worldwide. Yeah. You know, um, your discipline and hard work and commitment and dedication is all needed to be uh, the key elements for success. Uh-huh. Definitely much more luck in having it accomplished here in America than other countries. Not not saying that it can happen in other right. countries, but America is much welcoming for that hunger to be successful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was always, from early on, it was always car business then? Yes. Um, I started in the car business, and uh, Michael, um, there was... Um, I kind of also got in the real estate yeah. uh, business is because... Uh, at that time, I didn't have we didn't have iPhones and we didn't have mm-hmm. Facebook, and my English was on a scale one to ten or four, mm-hmm. and so my English professor had encouraged me to read the newspaper. As I was reading the newspaper and the columns in classifieds and everything else, mm-hmm. I have learned about the real estate and homes for sale. And uh, there was a program out there that the government put from the eighties uh-huh. collapse, changing the um, uh, mortgage loans to. Um, non-qualifying assumable. Okay. So if you would have had a home loan um, and when the crash came in, the government said, you know what, I'm going to help you sell it so the buyer yeah. can come in and didn't have to qualify for the loan and can assume it yeah. based on what we agree on a small amount of of, um, okay. of an equity yeah. purchase. So I, I bought my first home was $4,000. Yeah. It was uh, the address 3025 Northwest 68 and um and then next day, I signed the paperwork and yeah. sent them out, and the deed came in my name, yeah. and I assumed the loan, and I didn't have to qualify. Yeah. That opened my eyes. That's amazing. Can you imagine it, if you could do that now? It, it really is. Uh, yes, yeah. you can't, those loans don't exist anymore, uh, yeah. but it, they were amazing. It, it, it opened up my eyes to said, oh my gosh, overnight I became yeah. a homeowner was down payment for under $5,000. Yeah. Under $5,000. And I own a home. Yeah. And so that really have helped me to start circling those ads when they came out. Right. They weren't there often, but they existed. Yeah. You know? And every time the paper comes out in the morning, I was opening the paper and saving my yeah. little pennies and, and dollars I had to go in and buy the second home. Oh, so, so by good. the time I graduated from college, yeah. I've already have about 42 homes bought yeah. that way. And I became a landlord and renting them and getting a lease paper bought right. from, you know, Office Depot yeah. and handwrite it and just kind of self-taught oh, I love that. everything. I love that. Yeah. That's, I mean. <laughs> it really is amazing. It, it is. Because you, yeah. I mean, just talking about it out loud now, like that never happens. Yes. Anymore, and it probably will never happen again. Yes. But the fact that you can assume a loan, you know, you can negotiate, you can assume a loan and then, you know, turn around and find, I mean, you probably found renters before you even bought homes, right? You had free, you'd built up a business to say, people were coming to you. You knew that a home was going to close soon. Okay. I got a house coming in, you know, in, in 15 days. Do you need to rent it? Yes. Okay. I mean, let me, can I take it down? You know, all of that, and you end up having 42 homes. You're right. You extremely correct, Michael. Great point, what Mm -hmm. you just said. Um, You know, the fear always, if you lose, you you know, your fear grow. If you gain, your fear is less. You know, the first home I bought, it was an easy transaction. My second home I bought, I was really scared about renting it. Mm -hmm. Went, got a rent sign, put in the yard. 
but I got 80 phone calls next day, you know? Yeah. And, and I was making $50 extra per month on the home mortgage. Yeah. $50 to me was a lot of money when you're making 335 an hour, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I started doing the math. If I own 10, that's an extra 500 bucks. If I own 20, extra $1,000. Yeah. So I really have, the amount of phone calls kind of overcame my fear. Right. And it was just running, running just to, create that extra down payment yeah. to buy the second home and the third and the fourth yeah. and vice versa. When this is all happening and you kind of get in the rhythm of like, I understand this, you know, the business is moving, money seems to be very easy to make now because you've got your, you know, the ball is rolling. Are you waiting for someone to just pinch you and say, this is a dream, this is not real because of how well it's going? Um, the dream, I still live the dream. Yeah. Um, I still need to be pinched to wake up from it. Okay. I'm, I'm very fortunate of what I have mm -hmm. and I'm, the blessings continue to add and I never forget where I came from. Yeah. So uh, living the dream, is, uh, you don't want to wake up from this dream either today. Right. Yeah. It's a long, long, long dream. But the facts of it, mm -hmm. what, what matters, I think I've learned um, to, to be able to, the big rewards out of it is when I called my family and I said I own my first home yeah. in such a short period. It's a shocking because that typically doesn't happen back home. Right. You know, the luck, the right timing, the knowledge I captured, it's, it's more rewarding when you call your home and yeah. call your family and say, hey, dad, you know, three years later, I'm in college, I own 42 homes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. What are you doing? Right, <laughs> you know? yeah. What are you doing? Were you able to bring your parents here to Oklahoma? Uh, I did. Okay. I, I, I brought my father, uh, he passed away here in Oklahoma years later. He came to visit. And, and I'm not a proud, um, yeah. the pride that I, I, I can't imagine telling you, Michael, and I put him in the car and drive and say, Dad, this is our home. Yeah. And Dad, this is our home. You know, and, and, yeah. and it, it just is, um, is um, the success level of not so much mm -hmm. the money, but it's more the, the success and the accomplishment out of yeah, it. Yeah, it's the fact that you've gone out and made something of the opportunities that you've been given on your own and, and your your life is not a waste, right? Yes. You're not just kind of pissing away something, right? Yes. With a little bit of success and going out every weekend and like, oh, I've made it. Yes. You know, you're continuing to build on that and kind of just live that life and continue, like you just said, to live that dream. And, you know, it's it's amazing what you've done. And, and like the beauty of this podcast is to tell people all about that story because a lot of people don't know, you know, yeah. and that's, and I appreciate you coming down here to talk about that because, you know, it, it, it is great. And it, there's, there's so many lessons that people can learn from the things that you've done. Okay, things might not be different, right? But the principles are still the same. The principles can still be applied to any other business around, you know, that people people are coming out of college or, or even coming out of high school now that are starting businesses and making hundreds of thousands of dollars on tech stuff or NFTs or whatever it is. So that's really cool that, you know, that, that you kind of have that background. And once you, I guess, established, you know, like they said, you, you know, you, you at 27, you're a millionaire. Where are you? Like, take me to that time when you're 27, you've got success. Obviously, you didn't just sit back and enjoy it and retire right like why do you continue to press on and continue to grow businesses and just like what part of you wants to continue growing at that time yeah uh michael again a great question and i ask myself the same thing every day because at the end of the day whether you eat a steak or you eat a taco you can your stomach can only handle so much food right yeah i had the same mattress for 12 years i've lived in my same home for 16 years at the end of the day mm -hmm. you don't need more 
right? But I think the security, uh, coming from an insecure background, mm-hmm. that you know you can have something and can be gone tomorrow. Yeah, it made me wanting to obtain more. Okay. It really not the wealth out of it. It's more than, I've asked that myself all the time, when am I going to stop? And I think, again, it's, uh, I think about, uh, my parents had a lot and Mm -hmm. they woke up one day was nothing. Yeah. So, um, that is the motivation behind it. Yeah. And also, I, I've said this in a previous podcast too, because you came here with so little and you always remember where you've come from and the background that you have, you are completely comfortable going back to that zero and starting again, right? There's yeah. no fear. And a lot of people start businesses and they're like, oh, but what if I fail? Well, because you've come from that humble beginning and you've worked all the way through it, you you know, if someone were to take away everything from you tomorrow, you would be successful again because you've done it, right? Well, n- not tomorrow, because I think my age right now ma- might not allow me to have the same strength mm-hmm. and the youth and the energy I had before. Yeah. Um, um, no, I didn't think that way. Yeah. Like I, I, um, I, I didn't think about if I lose everything, go back to point zero. I, I didn't think that it was at point zero anymore. Right. But, but also I've looked at things a little bit different. Okay, so uh, I didn't operate a restaurant where, you know, it's exhausting. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Everything is a lot of work. Yeah. And anything you do, but I felt like um, I, I really got to realize that no matter what I do, that home is not going to go away. Yeah. That home is going to stay here. That tangible value of this property is here. And I've, as I was buying homes, even these homes were changed through the recession value mm-hmm. on mortgages. I've looked back on the historically how much they were bought for, and I still bought them higher than they were originally sold for. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gave me a sequence of understanding that the formula of real estate, yeah. God only made so much land and so much real estate will go up. It would make sense. It would yeah. make sense. So I really didn't feel like I was taking so much risk. Got you. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense, yeah. Because yeah. the long-term hold of that would would eventually make money if you had to sell it in cash flow or something. Correct. I think the risk was not to associate myself with the wrong people. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not not the drive and the direction I was going. Yeah. I didn't see it that way. Okay. Around that time then, is there a lot of kind of just... You know, like it seems like the wild, wild west of business back then. If you're buying a house for four thousand dollars, there's a lot of other potential, op, you know, things that are going on that you don't want to get involved in. Is there any you know, temptation and stuff? Or, or also, let me ask you this instead: When you're successful, people start coming to you with business ideas, right? Because you've got money. Correct. Can you invest in this? Can you invest in that? Was that hard to turn people away? Because that's probably the first time someone had come to you and said, "Will you invest in something?" Right. Yeah, um, no, it wasn't hard to turn away um, in investing. I It was easy to tell someone I don't have knowledge in the product at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel I need to be in that position gotcha. because I don't know. Yeah. Knowledge, when you invest, you have to feel there's a connection between you and that investment you have to make. For an example, if you want to invest in a stock and you know, for example, Walmart is busy all the time. You walk in there mm-hmm. and they're doing a great job or Amazon, yeah. you order from Amazon. You feel like, you know what? That's a great company. You read about the company, about their financials and everything else. You say, I'm going to invest in the stock. Yeah. It's the same thing when you invest in someone else. You know, If you don't have knowledge in it, you can't blindly invest in gotcha. it. 
So, so after, so you're successful at this point, right? You've got houses, you sold, you know, you, you've got plenty of houses, you're a millionaire, you've got, you know, you sell, like you said, you, you get the cars going and then you sell to, um, to Chevrolet, right? Is you sell the dealership to, yes, to Smickler uh, Chevrolet, Smickler Chevrolet, which is sold, part of the Bob Moore group at that time. Right. So you sell to them. I mean, like you're 27 years old. A lot of people in that position would think I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to buy myself a nice car, a nice house. And then with my you know residual income coming in from my houses, I'm set. Instead of doing that, you also do a lot more stuff, right? Because you wouldn't be here today talking to me. Um, like, let's go back because we, we did gloss over the fact that you, you went to Luton. Tell me when that time is. That's not between high school and, and coming to the States. That's after you make all your money, right? Correct. Michael, it's, it's so funny you, you mentioned that because I, um, the, the period of my success until age 27, mm -hmm. I don't remember taking a vacation. Yeah. I, I just didn't know they existed. From my background where I grew up, the vacation was not discussed. Right. Mm -hmm. We didn't know about them. So I've never really knew yeah. that you take off and you go to Miami or you go to Greece, or you go to Italy, or you go to New York. Mm -hmm. It just didn't happen. So I um, sell my, my sell my dealership. I had a lot of money. All my debt is paid off. I had a nice big home on the on the golf course in Oak Tree at that time. Gladio yeah. didn't exist at that time. And I woke up. I'm thinking, this is the first time I wake up at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I wake up. I'm looking at the golf course and thinking, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do today? And I why I get in the shower. I'm thinking, I didn't go to medical school. Yeah. Time to go to medical school. So that's where the idea started. Yeah. So I write up, um, I needed to go to medical school a little bit abroad because knowing that I had what I had and I might drop out yeah. for having what I have that I think I can't be disciplined anymore. Right. So I contacted my bank. I told them that they have to set, set me a salary set up. Mm -hmm. I wrote uh, St. Christopher College of Medicine in, yeah. in Luton. I got accepted as a student. I bought a $2,000 car in Luton. Yeah. I got a one bedroom, you know, tiny apartment. I lived within my means like a student. Right. Exactly, because I knew if I would live the lavish lifestyle, I would drop out. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of discipline to go through medical school. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. So I kept my mouth shut of what I had as a background. And literally, just like the students get student loans yeah. and get money from their fa family, I was getting that allowance every month from my bank, which breaks me even. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It literally breaks me even. God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Remember going out with the students and eating at um, on the street? Yeah. They have, you know, in, you know, in England have it's all these so places on the street. Yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, they were scraping their dollars or, you know, pounds or yeah. uh, to buy a meal five and I I did the same thing I'm like I only have eight dollars to spend today or twenty dollars to spend yeah. today so that really helped me be in discipline situation and and just went to follow because you hadn't taken a day off because you'd worked so hard went until you got to the states you know like you said you wake up one day I'm gonna go follow my dreams yes and and go and did anybody find out that you're in medical school did anyone in your medical school class find out like who you were? Did they ever Google you and see? Hang on, Sabib owns like. <laughs> yes, you know. it was not only a student; it was the president of the school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so on the graduation, I will never forget. Yeah, um, um, Dr. Leone, 
um, was wearing a Gucci tie mm -hmm. and he bought me a Gucci tie to wear in the graduation. Yeah. And he said, hey, we're wearing the same tie. We don't have the same financial background, <laughs> but we're wearing the same tie. He, he did it on purpose to he bring knew. the point. Yeah. yeah. But he kind of called me up. He flew from Florida. He was in Florida, back to England. And he said, how are we, we going for dinner together? Mm -hmm. And he asked me to invest in the medical school program. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah. and, and we we had a built relationship and a friendship, yeah. and to this point, we're still in touch with a lot of my professors oh, and all of everybody yeah. else. Because a lot of people graduate medical school with a, an obs obscene amount of debt, right? Yes, you know, you. I, I highly doubt there's a, there's anyone like you that have come in after you know a lot later in life after being successful. You, think, you know, I, I'm just going to go put myself through med school, right? Yes. Like, and uh, but also living it the way that you would have done if you were in college. You know that you you can. I mean, you lived college twice, right? You went to two different you know through two two different periods of your time, a decade apart. Like that's. I mean, it's fascinating. Well, thank you. Yeah, I can't imagine like the times you know you're. And, and being in med school, like, especially in the UK, you know, you've, you've worked all day, you've studied all day, and then everyone's going out, you know, for, at the student union and, like I said, buying cheap, cheap food and spending money on cheap drinks and stuff. And just like that, putting you in that culture a little later than a lot of students are, that must have been fascinating to watch. Well, thank you. And, and, and the greatest thing is probably if this got broadcasted and my bank is watching the same <laughs> yeah. people still live in Edmund, yeah. they would know that um, the same bank used to send me my real estate report <laughs> and all the payments came in yeah. and all, all the, um, the balances in the bank mm -hmm. and the wire they sent me for my allowance. So I was yeah. in communication with the bank early, periodically getting yeah. documents and, and all that um, financial information and they just couldn't understand yeah. the bankers, my bankers. They're still my bankers to this point. They couldn't understand why I went to medical school. I bet they thought you were crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. like, at, at one point, I think I was crazy too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the great part about it is, you know, we don't know how long we're going to have on this list, right? And, and for as long as we know, we get one shot at it. And the fact that you decided, you know, most people, when they become a millionaire, they think, I've made it. I'm not going to work as, as hard as I have to get there. But you decided to go put yourself through, not only just go to university, you went to medical school, which is another level of going back to school, isn't it? You know? Yes. Michael, it really taught me a lot. Yeah. It really did. It, it taught me how much really I love the car business. Mm -hmm. And it also taught me how much really I love the home business. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yes, definitely. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a dream. Because you're not, you're not practicing as a doctor, right? right. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it was a dream yeah. uh, initially yeah. and, and my objective to be, mm -hmm. but what my passion was changed yes uh -huh. and and I, I built an empire from my passion yeah. and then when I went for my dream I realized uh -huh. I, I really this is great but I really it showed how much I really yeah. loved what I did mm -hmm. before yeah which clearly serves a purpose right you know you, there's nothing you always all grass always greener right when you get there and you're like okay I've done it Yes, I know how it feels and know how it likes, but I really, really enjoy what I was doing before. Let me yes. go back to America and keep building my business. And one thing that that kind of interests me also is why stay in Oklahoma? Why, why, you know, even if you have businesses here, did you decide to invest in other states and travel and and maybe live in other states? Like, why, why be based here? Uh, great question. Thank you for asking the question, Michael. I, um, I, uh, I'm a very um, average person. Mm -hmm. I require early sleep. I like to wake up early in the morning. I'm not into the club scene. Yeah. Um, um, Oklahoma has that 
calmness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, would go to New York. Um, at that time, I was dating my wife. Yeah. And um, I remember she told me one time, she said, I'm, you've never been to a club in New York. I'm going to take you to a club in New York. So I'm staying in the hotel. So I get ready to go to the club yeah. about 7 o'clock in the evening. And, and I didn't hear from her. So I called her about 7.30. said, Natalie, are we going to the club? She said, honey, it's 7.30. I'm like, okay. So she said, wait a little bit. So anyway, they start the clubbing at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? So uh, Oklahoma the really- the sun rises too, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, yeah. yeah so night. yeah, I, I've been one of the very few people always in office early. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah. And I like to sleep early. So Oklahoma bring that environment to me. Yeah. The traffic, I'm not a cr- crazy about moving traffic, heavy traffic, uh, the cost of living, um, the kindness of the people in Oklahoma, they're really kind. They really, really are. Um, they couldn't understand when I went to New York and New Jersey to see my, to see my fiance, at that time my girlfriend, um, why I tell people hi to everybody. That thought was weird. Yeah. You know, you walk in the mall, someone look at you, say hi. You have learned that from Oklahoma. Yeah. And they, that's not typical you see in big cities. Mm-hmm. So the kindness of the people in Oklahoma, the welcoming I got in Oklahoma, my yeah. success is here in Oklahoma. And it's home. It became my home. I've never thought, when I used to travel my, where I was at birth, the home that gave me birth, I felt I was not home. Okay. And when I came in the air in Oklahoma, I felt I was home. Yeah. So it became home. It's a special feeling. And I feel the same way. You know, I've been here 10 years now. This is my 11th year. And it's hard to explain to others unless you're used to it, unless you've been here before that, you know, and, and I think people still think that Oklahoma is still a flyover state and us Oklahomans now want them to think that because we don't want people to come in and ruin it, right? Yes. Especially over the last couple of years, talk about people coming from California. Uh, but that's that's really, really, really special to hear that it feels like home and, and you just kind of grow to love it and, and you built a business here and, and, you know, a lot of people might have said, Oh, I, I, you know, I built my business there, but let me go to Arizona or Miami or wherever and like, you know, be in a nicer climate or whatever it is. Um, the other thing I want to ask you though, obviously you love cars, right? You're Correct. a car guy. I yes. mean, I saw the video you posted recently of your Urus that's for sale, which, you know, a beautiful car makes great noises and you can yeah. fit four people in it, five at a push. Where does that passion for cars start? Like, where is that first kind of moment as a kid, wherever you were, that you see a fast car, you're like, wow, I want that. Where was that moment? From from growing up. Okay. Um, 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 my, my, my sister's older. She's older than me. And her husband at that time, when she got married, he had a Trans Am. Mm-hmm. So, and... Um, it's everything he had he put in one car instead of owning a home yeah. and owning everything else he just owned a car yeah. okay it's, so I, I, I've looked at the Trans Am and thinking oh my gosh this is so pretty yeah. speechless when he'll pick me up I just couldn't speak um um, it just I played with matchbox cars all mm-hmm. the time growing up being in the war so you had to kind of be inside the house yeah. so you'd have to be on the streets from bombing and everything else um, it just the, the love of passion of cars just grew all the time yeah. and I've never really thought I would have a nice car mm-hmm. you know or an expensive car um, I remember uh, one of my cars that I bought at early age it was an old beat up, six, seven colors, 260Z, yeah. Nissan, you know? And I've really thought, dreamed about painting the car and dreamed about putting big tires and wheels on it and changing the exhaust. I just never thought I can 
this was a dream. Yeah. That car was a dream. I never thought Porsche, I would ever get into a Porsche or Ferrari or Lamborghinis or any of those cars or yeah. McLarens. Yeah. You know, it's so, so when was that first time that, you know, when you were successful, what was your first kind of big boy? I'm going to treat myself purchase. Yeah. Um, well, I, when I started, when I was in college uh, and buying and selling cars, mm -hmm. I, like everything else, I've enhanced my quality and yeah. my, my, my taste. And I started buying expensive cars and selling expensive gotcha. cars. I wasn't scared of it. Um, I became where I sold a lot of Porsches mm -hmm. and, and I got to drive those Porsches. So I've gotten from the 944 to the 944 Turbo, mm -hmm. the 911, 911 Turbo, 911 Targa, 930, yeah. you know, and 928, and I can name them. Yeah. I became almost like um, uh, the person to go to from dealers to ask you okay. about a Porsche, yeah. the knowledge. So I've, I've flipped a lot of Porsches and sold a lot of Porsches, but it was never mine. Yeah. It was the intention. I have to make money out of the yeah. car. It was a business acquisition. It was a yeah. business acquisition. So my, my, my first car, um, I would have to say it was a, um, by, by surprise, I go to Tulsa, I'm delivering a, a Porsche. I've, I made my money, uh, a dealership bought a Porsche from me. Mm -hmm. It was just a favor for the dealership. I run into this guy has a Ferrari. And the first time I lay my eyes on really fatty one-on-one -on -one in person. Yeah. And I really fell in love with it. Three weeks later, I'm in Washington Ferrari picking one up yeah. and it just graduated to Ferrari and that was my first car and then from a Ferrari to another one another one and yeah. so that's how they get you don't they it's <laughs> yes. like we entice you with this one and yes. then they keep calling you so yes. I had a friend of mine back in back in Wales they, every time that his car his Ferrari would go in for a service they'd give him a loaner of the newer model right yes. and then he'd always say well I can't, I can't give this back I've got to take that one you know they'd always but they're beautiful cars they sound amazing yes um, you know recent red is a real thing yeah. right you know if you get one in red but it's um i mean a lot of people see you know that know of you around town you know you got a beautiful rolls royce yes. which a lot of people i think they're perfect in the states because they're so big right and the roads are so big here yeah can you imagine driving that through the streets of luton back home you'd probably be scared to drive it through luton right uh, yes With the size of it and how beautiful yes. it is yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that you get really to appreciate yeah other countries um, a trend mm -hmm. um, and thinking out of the box and 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 one of the things um, you talk you asked me a question earlier about have you ever had a fear of going to point zero mm -hmm. when I have gotten into playing with an expensive cars I've always have taught myself if a Porsche can survive in any economy yeah right yeah. the cycle coming down and up and so is Mercedes's and so is Lamborghini's and so why would I not mm -hmm. so yeah um, you know because these cars are very expensive and when we have a down market or collapse in the economy, mm -hmm. how can they sell half a million dollar car, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And they survived and they ma maintained a huge presence. Mm -hmm. So I think that was one of the things that co also have motivated me or boosted me yeah. not to feel the fear that I'm gonna fall. Yeah, you yeah. know, that makes a lot but, of sense. But it's, it's great to have all that. Like I told you, the blessings is great mm -hmm. and I can't count my blessings. Yeah, do you, uh, do you collect, do you have a collection? Do you have kind of a warehouse somewhere that you collect cars or, or do you always have that mentality of, I'm going to keep it for a little bit and I'm just going to sell it because you've um, always done that. I did. I did before. Okay. Um, I have few cars that I own. Mm -hmm. I like McLarens and I like my Rolls and mm -hmm. we got a G wagon and, you know, we got a little few cars, but I got, um, I, I like the new technology all the yeah, time. Yeah. So I, I chase more than newer cars and I chase older cars. Okay. And the good thing is if you're loyal to these dealerships, you get those phone calls, don't you? Because there's a lot of people listening that uh, might not know that, you know, you can't just walk into a Ferrari dealership and buy, you know, a, a 
you know, a, a four, five, eight speciality, right? You've got to buy a few to, to have the allocation to be asked, do you want to buy this car? That's correct. Um, and loyalty is a great thing, especially, you know, in, in, in the higher end dealership models. Um, but yeah, new technology on cars. I mean, phenomenal. It's, oh, it's scary yeah. how good they are yes. and, and how fast you are legally allowed. I mean, you're not legally allowed to drive crazy fast, but how fast these cars will go on a, on a road. And how safe now. Oh, and all the sensors and computers and every technology mm -hmm. chips and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I, I favor the new technology than older mm -hmm. technology. So, so moving to present day then, obviously you have the Kia dealership. People listen to you, you know, they hear the ads on the radio and they can drive by the dealership. Um, what, I mean, what, what's life like now? What are you doing now? You know, wh what are your business acquisitions now? Um, you know, I know you mentioned earlier, things are slowing down a little bit because you get a little older pace of life. You can actually, you know, it's about time that you, you take some days off, you know, you're allowed to, right? Yeah. You're justifying it. What's, what's life like now? Like, you know, uh, are you doing kind of still working, still showing up at the dealership every day or just kind of taking slowly, taking a backseat? Yeah. Um, well, your mindset is different now mm -hmm. than it was when you started. Yeah. And, um, the the purchases that you make right now mm -hmm. are different than purchases you make in the past. So, for example, um, a small house in the past would have been a great investment. Mm -hmm. Now, as that house might not be as great investment. Mm -hmm. So your taste changes, and also your knowledge changes, yeah. and your experience changes, and the way you look at things changes. So. Um, um, the dealership is run by um, general manager Corey Suter mm -hmm. that is sitting watching us right now. He's doing great work yeah. at the camera right he, now. Yeah, Thank you, Corey. <laughs> and, and also is known as Weird Beard. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. and he's done a great job. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, because of Corey, we're ranking number one customer service, one of the highest customer service. Mm -hmm. And um, 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 then we're number one almost every month in sales. Yeah. We have the largest inventory in town at this point when there are shortages. Mm -hmm. um, our employees are top notch. Um, his expectations are above and beyond most yeah. dealerships. Mm -hmm. So we get the high reviews on Facebook, um, our presence on the marketing, our billboards all over town. Um, we have a huge presence as a dealership, although we only one store, yeah. but we sell more than most stores in town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So the dealership is not run by me. Um, I, uh, the homes, we, we have giant amount of real estate. Yeah. Um, we carry commercial properties, shopping centers, um, um, uh, freestanding units like KFCs, Starbucks, um, 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 T-Mobiles, yeah. uh, Burger Kings. So we carry, we, we, we have, we are the landlords of big boxes. Mm -hmm. We also have office buildings, but we also have hundreds and hundreds mm -hmm. of rental homes. Yeah. So. Um, fortunate enough, that company is not run by me either. <laughs> you know, yeah. And then, and then we have diversified into a finance company mm -hmm. that has done really, really well and got really, really big. It has its own attorneys and yeah. the director and staff and senior collectors and collectors and and all that stuff. And fortunately, also, it's not run by me. Yeah. So I have put all my efforts right now is to be able to obtain another financial institution okay. that is on a bigger scale level. Mm -hmm. And um, that's our goal, is to be able, by year end this year, to qualify mm -hmm. of able to own um, a financial institution of okay. city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've done a great job of diversifying that portfolio. Because yeah. like, it doesn't matter if, you know, like something's going to be down, the other one's going to be up, you're going to pretty be level all the way through, you know, and that's... Like, 
investing 101 right there right just yes. make sure you got a diverse platform but that's really neat a lot one thing you mentioned is you used to live out at oak tree and now you live at galadia are you a golfer um i don't golf no it's one of the hobbies i have not picked up yeah yeah um i i it just seems like to me a lot of um walking and a lot of shooting the ball and everything i don't golf yeah but um i do live on the golf course and i have a membership Mm -hmm. at the country club and the golf but i don't golf it's a big headache i i'm a golfer since i could walk pretty much and i i mean i love doing it i'm glad i got into it from such a young age because it's less of a headache now yeah i can't imagine trying to start today start yeah. again it's one of the hardest sports but waking up to a beautiful golf course view in the morning is is a nice thing to have it really is it's like i told you um i've never thought i'll be here today mm -hmm. uh where i'm at um the blessings but i can tell you if i have to give an advice to anyone um, you know, every career is difficult, mm -hmm. whether if you have a restaurant or real estate or car business or um, uh, whatever it is, um, you've got to have to say, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. This is my passion. And I want to be unique at it and yeah. do the best job and be dedicated and mm -hmm. please people. At the end of the day, it has to be fairness. You have to yeah. walk away happy and the customer has to wake up walk away happy right mm -hmm. and one of them is not happy it's not a fair deal mm -hmm. so uh, the concept of not being greedy also you know if you if you if you're too greedy yeah. and you start being greedy you're not going to be successful yeah there's uh, and i mean you were given a perfect example before we started recording of just the rental rates right can you reshare what you just said to Corey earlier before we were talking about like, to that point of not being greedy yes i um as a matter of fact um one of the things i have uh, when I hired Corey mm -hmm. and Corey jo joined us is we made a promise to each other. I said, Corey, I'm, I want you to make me a promise mm -hmm. and I want to make the same promise to you. And he said, what is this to be? I said, I want you to promise me that you will never be greedy. Mm -hmm. And I want, I want to promise you that I will never be greedy. And if I become greedy, you got to stop me yeah. and say, Sabi, remember the promise. And if you stop greedy, if you start to be greedy, I want to stop you and say, remember our promise. And it really is. We, we, we pay a lot of money for our cars and we price them really, really affordable. We have a small margin of profit. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, Michael, sometimes we lose money on some of these cars. Yeah. And, but we sell a lot of cars and we're happy. The end results is very rewarding and, mm -hmm. and great results. Um, even in the homes, when I started in investing in the homes, I wanted to make sure, because I'm a one-man sh show, I yeah. didn't have help. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that that person that rents my home or the family stays for a long time. Mm -hmm. So if the houses, similar homes, were bringing twelve or thirteen or $1,400 a month, I was renting them for seven fifty a month. Yeah. And people stayed five or six or seven years. Yeah. So it made me not to have the headache and the stress mm -hmm. and all that stuff, you know, because when they move out, you have to go back and refresh the home, right? Yeah. yeah. And I didn't have to because they were living in the home. Yeah. The headache and the stress is definitely worth that margin of two, three hundred dollars, right? You're right. Like it really is. It's because, you yes. know, you're right. When you start getting greedy and, and someone else sees a deal, it's, easy, you know, they might think I'm moving, I'm not dealing with this. And as a tenant, you know, having a great landlord as a tenant is one of the one of the you know blessings in life, right? If you got someone, you know, if you're a renter and you know the last thing you want is your landlord to be a pain in the ass and always there, you know, hounding you for rent money That's right. or like, hey, it's going up every year, and you know, it's not a good not a good situation to be in. But so one thing we haven't touched on, um, well, I mean, uh, you've been here long enough. You must, you know, family and the, the fam a family in the business. Like, how do how do they see it? And your some of your weird quirks. What do they yeah. think about your that all that stuff? Yeah, I'm blessed. Um, I married Natalie, mm -hmm. my wife. Uh, we've been together through 21 years. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, extremely kind person, yeah. um, extremely supportive. Um, we have, we're blessed with two kids. Salem is 15. Mm-hmm. He goes to Cassidy. Um, and Selma, he's 12 and also goes to Cassidy. And then we also have a dog, German Shepherd Storm. Mm-hmm. And he's at work today. My family not involved at work, yeah. but they're very supportive. So supportive such as if they were driving mm-hmm. as a family together and they see a Khalidi car that has a logo. And we see a lot of those daily. Yeah. Literally, yeah. they're all over town. And, and it can be without the excitement every time. I mean, we can be on a road for 20, 30 minutes and there's 20 cars and they get the same excitement on every car. Khalidi, Khalidi car. Yeah. So they're supportive. They're supportive of Corey. They love Corey. He's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. They're supportive of our real estate. Um, they see our boards everywhere. As yeah. a matter of fact, they've done a great job joining us on the radio. Mm-hmm. So Selma is on the radio. Salem is on radio. Yeah. Natalie's on the radio. And we, Corey and I always try to bring the family into mm-hmm. more of a fun part yeah. than, you know, being, who's the boss? I'm the boss. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, Corey and I have that little uh, fun together mm-hmm. that we, we really enjoy working with together at, yeah. at the office and the dealership. And it reflects on the family as mm-hmm. well. That when they when we bring them in for the radio channels and, yeah. and commercials, but um, um, wife and two kids and a dog, a lot of friends, um, a, a lot of great friends mm-hmm. and support. Um, Oklahoma is home for Natalie and for Salem and Selma, so yeah. is for Storm and for myself. Yeah, so that's that's really cool. Like that's uh, you know it's it's great that. Look, because I know I know friends of mine who who the, their family own a dealership, and the entire family works in the dealership. Yeah, and for me, like going to work with my parents or my uncles or my cousins, I mean that doesn't make family time special to me. You know, like I mean they make it work. They've done it for over you know for a long time. But when I look at it, I'm think if I had to go to work with my family every day going to a birthday party or going to something else, it doesn't seem as special. But the good thing, you know, with not having the family involved is that you do get to separate that family time and and having the kids still kind of young, you know, when they see the sticker, Khalidi sticker, that pride and that family name, you know, that's one thing that I think that... Um, I'm not not that Americans don't take pride in their family name, but as 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 immigrants, we really really kind of latch on to your family name. It really is. Right? And 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 there's one more thing, um, uh, uh, Michael. I, I wanted, I didn't want my family involved for another reason. Is I want my kids mm-hmm. to be their own superstars and shine on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted um, I wanted to be their own. I want them to do what they love most. Yeah. And they'll have to, they'll feel it at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want it to be an inheritance, a pass on yeah. that dad gave it to us and we don't like, we don't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. So I tell my kids all the time, you know, um, um, a great, great uh, example is Waste Connection. Mm-hmm. It's a, the garbage company yeah. and it's on the public's stock exchange. So it started with one guy cleaning a parking lot mm-hmm. and got so big. So the idea is, is whether it's trash that smells so good at one point mm-hmm. and becomes on the stock market or a real estate home or cars. I want you to do or art mm-hmm. or teaching or mes- medicine or a nurse yeah. or what or pharmacist or whatever it is or IT. Yeah. I want them to do what they like most. And um, at one point, I, I'm 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 doing this for the family, mm-hmm. but they have to come up with their own passion. Yeah, 
That's really, that's, that's, I mean, it's a great way to put it because you're right. There's nothing worse than growing up as a kid in a family business thinking, I don't want the pressure to take it over. I kind of want to do my own thing. Um, you know, and that there's, there's, there's pros and cons of that for sure. Um, one thing that we haven't talked to, what, what are you like doing for fun? Just random. I mean, you, obviously you love cars and real estate, but what, is there anything you just kind of like love to read? You mentioned art. Is it, it <laughs> what, like, what stuff do you do that's just like, you know, when you're on your quiet time, you just kind of gravitate to. Yes. Um, I, I like, I like to go to the gym. So mm-hmm. I go daily to the gym. I like swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, love reading. I'm a, I'm a junkie reader. Okay. Um, I play with a computer chess all the time, even though Corey sometimes beats me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, um, I, I like to be around the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, wife, uh, we have a, we always have split before COVID. It's changed a little bit with COVID, but mm-hmm. before we used to, where Natalie and I would have a Friday date together. Mm-hmm. We just wear jeans, go out, um, uh, hold hands, watch yeah. a movie, eat popcorn, or hot dogs, whatever it is. Yeah. Saturday, is we go out with about four or five couples at night. Okay. And then Sunday is always a family day where I have to cook breakfast at home and yeah. I'll have the kids and their friends. It's just all family together. So um, I like to be around my family. I, I like to um, uh, enhance people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, very friendly. It's almost a little weird friendly, <laughs> but yeah. I love people. Yeah. And that's what I don't want to change. And that's mm-hmm. how I am. But um, um, I like to relax too. Yeah. Because, you know, when, when your mind is running all the time, sometimes mm-hmm. you need to come back home and relax. I like to go out with my friends and have a drink. So there's not much I don't like. I like yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. As long as it involves people, I love it. Okay. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It also makes sense that you like swimming because that's just quiet time. Yes. You know? Yes. And it, swimming's not easy. I'm terrible at swimming. <laughs> <laughs> First time I jumped to the 25 meter pool, I was like, I can do a couple of laps. And I was gassed yeah. you know like one down and back um but yeah it makes a lot of sense that's re- that's really cool stuff you mentioned cooking as well what, what's something tying back to your heritage that you cook for the family yes um when natalie and i had our kids um i used to make lebanese breakfast mm-hmm. on sunday and salem and Selma would come in and barely would taste it and didn't like it and yeah. they, they hated it and i kept doing it every Sunday. And Nelly says, what's the purpose of doing it when they don't eat it? And I say, well, they'll take one bite today and they'll take one bite next time, two bites and three bites. Okay. And now if we don't make it, they get upset. They get upset. They yeah. get upset. So uh, our Lebanese cuisine is worldwide known. Mm-hmm. Hummus is part of our cuisine. Mm-hmm. Tabbouleh, cabbage rolls, grape leaves, yeah. baklava, you know. So, but making our Lebanese breakfast, it became a culture. Um, Natalie have left in Miami yesterday and mm-hmm. Selma and she had catered Lebanese food for us and I saw my son getting up two, three times at night and getting it out of the refrigerator and eating yeah. it. It's good that he can eat all the American food yeah. and the Chinese food and Italian mm-hmm. food and everything but also love his food, yeah. the Lebanese and food. And have that reminder of like where you came this from. This is homeland. Right? This is homeland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's special. Uh, finishing up, I want to thank Wyatt for putting us together because yes. Wyatt's a friend oh, of yours. I love Wyatt. Wyatt. I now work with yeah. Wyatt and for Wyatt so yeah. I want to thank Wyatt Poindexter for putting us together and making this possible and obviously the Oklahoma Hall of Fame for hosting hosting us because this is a beautiful venue beautiful um cory thanks for playing the cameraman today yeah. i appreciate awesome, that um, but again thank you so much for coming down well, this Michael, really means a lot thank you i want to thank you for your time appreciate and it. i want to tell you welcome to oklahoma thank you you know i know you've been here 11 years mm-hmm. i also want to tell you that you have a friend for life thank you with me mm-hmm. my door is wide open and i really in that one hour i i saw a beautiful man in front of me <laughs> and a very in, intelligent very smart very kind thank you 
And thank you so much for adding to Oklahoma yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't thank you enough for this interview. Awesome. I really appreciate that. For, for people listening, I'll put the description to the, the website, you know, the, the, uh, the Khalidi Here website and any other links that, that you'd like me to point them to. But thank you so much for your time. Enjoy your weekend. Um, go say hello to Storm. Pick him up from, uh, from the dealership. And what, what an appropriate dog name for being in Oklahoma. <laughs> I love you. that. Um, and yeah, I really, really wish you a great weekend. And thank you again for being on the podcast. Likewise. And uh, for people listening, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.